0: following audio is from Crossroads Church in West Ossipee, New Hampshire. For more information about Crossroads Church, you can go to www.crossroadsossipee.com. Good morning. Turn with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 15. Uh, this morning we're going to look at verses 1 through 10, and that's on page 874 in Pew Bibles. Um it's my prayer this morning that uh, we will not only examine these verses, but by God's grace they would examine us. Let's pray together. Father, we are grateful for your great grace that binds our wandering hearts to thee. We thank you, Lord, for your constant call to us to draw near to you, and no matter how far Uh, Far we've fallen, it's not too far for you to reach us. No matter how lost we are or have been, you do what's necessary to find us. And we're grateful. Lord, we pray now that your spirit would speak as we look to your word. Thank you for preserving it for us and giving us the freedom to gather around it this morning. In worship to you, our God, our King, and our Father. We love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So Luke chapter 15, beginning at verse 1. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. Than over ninety nine righteous persons who need no repentance or what woman having ten silver coins if she loses one does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it. And when she has found it she calls together her friends and neighbors saying rejoice with me for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so I tell you there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. May God's blessing be on his word and his people. So consider this scene here. We have a group of tax collectors and sinners and Jesus and the Pharisees and the scribes. This is quite a party, quite a group. The tax collectors and sinners were hungry to hear Jesus' words of life. But who are they? Who are the tax collectors and the sinners? It seems like a pretty broad brushstroke, doesn't it? My mother was a tax collector. Uh, She was a tax assessor for the town of Norway for 20 years or so. Um, So I'm sure she loves hearing about these (laughs) these folks. (laughs) Some of you may recall uh, the disciple Matthew, right, he wrote a book you might have heard of called Matthew. Um, he's also known as Levi, right one of the twelve disciples. He was a tax collector. These are Jewish people employed by the roman uh, the Romans, the government to extract taxes from their countrymen and as such were considered traitors to their to their country to their race. Um, so not popular um not uh not a listers. Okay, um, the sinners, this other very broad group, as they were called, were not just one one class or a group, but this is a conglomeration of various people, um, not exactly known for their strict religiosity. Um, these are not uh, high class uh, religious leaders, um, people that uh, that do things right, you know. Now, we know because God's word tells us that every single one of us is a sinner. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And the Greek word there that's translated all means um, all. So that's everybody, right? But here in this context, this was a group of people that has certainly fallen out of favor with the religious leaders. These are outcasts. Um, in the society in the first century. Um, now we have to remember something very important about the Pharisees, um, and even the word Pharisee is um, is an Aramaic word that means separate. That's that's what Pharisee means. Um, so if you're a big Star Wars fan, these are the separatists, right? They're trying, they want to be away. Um, from well, from people like this. Honestly, people like you—they just want to be away, um, keep things clean, keep their hands clean. They preferred separation from these questionable individuals. Right? They saw no value at all in these sinners, and they are lost and hopeless causes in their minds. The Pharisees and the scribes were completely blind to their own self-righteousness because they saw sinners as someone other than them. Right? And we know the reality of that is very different. The Pharisees thought that if Jesus was truly the Messiah, that he would prefer the company of the elites, the religious elites, the Pharisees and the scribes. You know, not not these not these dregs of society, not these dirtbags. Why would you want why would the Messiah have anything to do with people like them? They would prefer the Messiah, to be with them, right? If he's the real Messiah, he'll like us more than those losers. They believe that Jesus lowered himself to show these hopeless dregs undue honor, and they took this as an insult to them and their supposed righteousness. And this is the kind of grumbling grumbling that they're doing. And in response to this grumbling, Jesus told three parables Two that we're going to look at today and one that hopefully we'll examine next week. Look at verse 4. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he's found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Now, the Bible is absolutely full of shepherd and sheep images and references. One of the most familiar uh, to you may be Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me beside... Uh, quiet waters and green pastures and wonderful things I don't remember right now <laughs> that I didn't write down, right? But the picture of the Lord as the shepherd leading his sheep to safety and, and calm and quiet because sheep are, well, I don't want to get into sheep, but they won't drink from moving water. They're just dumb, right? They, they need to be led around to where they ought to be. And sometimes sheep wander away, in fact, all the time sheep wander away. You got lots of sheep that like to stay home, Timmy? They they don't. They just right. But the 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 Pharisees and the scribes who were well versed in the Old Testament would have been aware of these sheep and shepherd references. But the one that escaped them on that particular day was one found in Isaiah fifty three, verse six, that says All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. Now, this isn't just a picture of what sheep do, it's a picture of what people do. We have all turned away from God to follow our own way. And also, the picture in Ezekiel 34, verses 5 and 6, that says, So they were scattered because there was no shepherd and they became food for all the wild beasts. My sheep were scattered. They wandered all over the mountains and on every high hill. My sheep were scattered all over the face of the earth with none to seek or search for them. God's talking about his people. And without a shepherd, they're scattered. The simple truth is. That if you don't think that you are lost, there is no need for anyone to come and find you, right? That's what the Pharisees are thinking. We're not lost. We're not, we haven't wandered off. Here we are, right where we belong. We've done everything right. We are good little sheep if we are to compare ourselves to sheep. We stayed in the fold. We stayed in the pen. We're, we didn't get lost. Here we are. The unfortunate truth, as we think about that, maybe you're picking up on the irony. Like they're, they're like really wrong, right? They're 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 more lost thinking that they're found than in realizing that they're lost. But the truth of the matter is this: this thinking that I don't need saving because I'm I'm not lost. I don't need finding. That thinking is alive and well today. And as I looked at this um, parable this week, I couldn't help but wonder who the 99 were. We think about the shepherd, we think about the lost sheep, and we get great comfort in that. But who are the 99 that the shepherd leaves behind in the open country to go find the lost one? Some scholars say that the 99 are the angels in heaven, which Jesus left behind uh, to come seek after the lost sheep that is humanity, and I I guess I get that, I get where they're coming from, but I don't think that's right. I don't think that's it. I'm I'm no one to argue with, you know, dead scholars, but I I don't think that's right. Some suggest that the ninety nine represents the church, and that the shepherd represents missionaries and evangelists that uh, they leave their church family to venture off to find the lost out there in the world somewhere um, uh, but I think that that's I think that's weak because that makes people the hero right people are the shepherd going to find lost sheep and I don't think that's it I think in truth the 99 are those who think that they are okay. I've never done anything wrong. I've never murdered anybody. I've never, you know, I'm a good person. I don't need anybody to do anything for me. I'm okay. And why wouldn't I go to heaven when I die? I'm good. These folks don't think they need saving. They don't need repentance. They think they're never lost to begin with and so don't need to be found. And there's clearly no joy at all for those who imagine themselves to be righteous. This is exactly who Jesus meant when he said in Luke five thirty-one and 32, those who are well need no, have no need of a physician, but those who are sick do. I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. This parable gains much strength when we can all honestly admit that at least, at the very least, at one time, we were lost. Maybe that time is now. We wandered away. We're lost. And we needed someone. We needed a great shepherd to come and find us. see how the shepherd treats the sheep maybe this doesn't line up with your your church experience in the past what does the shepherd do when he finds the sheep well he certainly doesn't beat the sheep for wandering off does he right he doesn't chase the weary sheep back to the flock he doesn't get somebody else to go find the sheep and and bring it home, he graciously and joyfully bears the sheep on his own shoulders, brings him home, and calls his friends and neighbors together to celebrate. He doesn't wait for the lost sheep to find itself. How many people do you know that are out there trying to find themselves in this world? He sent his son, the great shepherd, to find us lost sheep. The message is the same in the parable of the lost coin. In verse 8, Or what woman having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it? And when she's found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Now, this is there's some cultural stuff going on here that we are not really up on, and it's not very clear. This ten silver coins, um, this could very easily just be ten uh, Greek drachmas. One drachma is a day's wages. Ten days wages is a big deal. You you know, living paycheck to paycheck, right? But it was also traditional uh, in the first century um, Jewish culture that ten coins would be strung together on a necklace and worn like a wedding band for ladies. And if one of those coins were to fall off, your wedding necklace, that's a big deal. Not like, I had 10 bucks and I, I set a buck down, and I can't find it anywhere, and then I found it, and I called all my friends and neighbors together to celebrate with me. Woo-hoo! Right. I, I, this is a bigger deal, right? This is This is a thing of great value, not just a, okay, it has some value. This is a, if I lost my wedding ring which has not come off my hand in 23 years, except for maybe once in an MRI machine. I've fought it tooth and nail. Like, what if I just, I'll just hold my hand out. Anyway, sorry. That's a big deal when you lose stuff like that. And what does the woman do? She does everything necessary to find the lost coin. She seeks diligently That's what she does until she finds the lost coin. She lights the lamp. She sweeps every nook and cranny until the lost coin is found. Simply put, she does what is necessary to find the coin. And what happens when she finds it? Just like the shepherd, she calls together her friends and neighbors to rejoice with her. Now, think about this. I wonder what picture your minds conjure... When you read the words, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. What do you see? What does that picture look like in your imagination? Now, you can tell me later. I'll tell you mine because I'm up here and you're down back there. So I always think or have always thought of the angels rejoicing, right? A sinner, right, we got another one, and it's a big party. Like the roar of the crowd when a touchdown is scored in the Super Bowl, right? Just huge celebration. But I got to thinking about the words. Slow down. Read the words one at a time. Does it say the angels in heaven rejoice over one sinner who repents? No. It says there is rejoicing before the angels in heaven over one sinner who repents. Well, who's before the angels in heaven? It's the Father. It's God himself. And the angels rejoice with him. (laughs) It's God himself that rejoices over one sinner who repents. Why? Because he loves us so much and he knows that we're lost, and he knows it's our choice. And when we're found, when we submit to the Savior and say, yes, Lord, I, I am lost, and now I'm found, and the Father rejoices. What a beautiful thought. When you turned away from your, your life, your, your way of sin to follow Jesus, because that's what repentance means. God himself, the Father, rejoiced and all heaven along with him. And for those of you who have yet to repent and turn to the Father in faith through Jesus, he is waiting with bated breath for you to say, yes, Lord, you're right, I'm wrong. And I need Jesus. If you have yet to turn from your life of sin to a life of following Jesus, God the Father is ready to rejoice. And all of heaven with him, if you would just surrender your life to Christ. Jesus, the great shepherd, came to seek and to save that which was lost. He did what was necessary to find us and to bring us back into the fold. He swept every nook and cranny to find you, to find me, the lost coin. And so the message to those who count themselves among the 99 righteous persons who need no repentance, who count on Your religiousness or your clean living or social standing to keep you right with God, who look down on those dirty sinners, be warned. You're just as lost as they are. You just don't know it. The word for you, if that's you, is repent. Turn away from that thinking. Recognize your lostness, just like everybody else, and accept the foundness that is offered to you in Jesus. Turn from your self-righteousness and accept the fact that you are lost and in need of saving And to the sheep that were once lost, that have repented of your lostness once you are found by the great shepherd. Rejoice with the Father and all of heaven when one more sheep is found. And share with those lost sheep around you how they might be found by the great shepherd as well. And to those who are still lost, the shepherd Jesus may be reaching out to you even in this very moment. Turn from your lostness and accept the help of your Savior Jesus. Trust him with your past and your present and your future. And you will be found. The great shepherd Jesus committed no sin For you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that in your great love for us, you did what was necessary so that lost people might be found. In our sin, we wandered away, each of us following our own way. But you came and found us, and we are so grateful. But, Lord, there are still those who don't know. They don't know the Savior. They're still lost. And they don't even know it. We pray that your Holy Spirit would move upon their hearts. That they would recognize that they are lost in need of finding. That they are sinners in need of forgiveness. That they are a great treasure that you are willing to die for. We pray, Father, you would keep saving, keep forgiving, keep seeking. And people would see their need for you. Give us courage, Father, to share the gospel, the good news that Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. We pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would use the words that you give us to reach people. that they might know your forgiveness and your saving grace. We love you, Lord. We thank you for seeking and saving us. pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would like to participate in the mission of Crossroads Church through financial support, checks can be mailed to Crossroads Church, Post Office Box 576, West Ossipee, New Hampshire, zero three eight nine zero.